0: Welcome to Black and Bread All Over, an Anglican podcast where we share and celebrate the rich heritage of the Anglican way as found in our confessional texts and conforming theologians. I'm Richard Tarsitano, the pastor of Trinity Anglican Church in beautiful Connorsville, Indiana, and I'm joined by my co-host Stephen Wedgworth, the pastor of Christ Church Anglican in South Bend, Indiana. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, uh, tell your friends, and of course, buy them a prayer book. Uh, well, Stephen, uh, so good to see you again. We we've been separated for a bit. I've had some uh, family issues that I would appreciate the audience's prayers for uh, both. Uh, you know the the sort of classic wedge generation where my mom has been sick, and I've had some sickness within my children as well. So I appreciate everyone's patience for this new episode.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good to be back, Richard. We have uh, been praying for you and. Um, yeah eager to, to jump back into our conversation
0: excellent so today we are manfully continuing our journey through the articles of religion uh specifically we're going to be starting with article 18 um and uh steven if you don't mind i'll go ahead and read it out all right very good for those of you uh who do have a uh Uh, 1662 Book of Common Prayer International Edition, which is what I'll be reading from. Um, This will be on page 635. Uh, Article 18 of Obtaining Eternal Salvation Only by the Name of Christ. They also are to be had accursed that presume to say that every man shall be saved by the law or sect which he professeth, so that he be diligent to frame his life according to that law and the light of nature. For holy Scripture doth set out to us only the name of Jesus Christ, whereby men must be saved.
1: Yeah, so here we have, um, uh, I think, a very timely article. Um, one that maybe, uh, you know, in generations past, this was a rudimentary, basic thing that didn't didn't need to even be stated. But but now I think it's definitely a live issue in our day. Um, the unique nature of christianity um that it is indeed uh, the only way that one is saved um that uh is taught by the athanasian creed of course which is one of our big creeds but it's also here reinforced in article 18 uh and so uh, uh an official doctrine of of anglicans uh, and important to remind people of
0: Absolutely, and the thing that jumps out at me—I had the the Latin open in front of me um, before we got started—and because I was curious, what uh, I thought it probably was the the accursed there um, is is the the good old anathema. Um, I mean, (laughs) this is a serious uh, thing here that's being said. That this isn't just sort of a oh, it's a fine opinion if you hold it. Who 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 really cares? Um, But that if someone holds this, or God forbid, Mm -hmm. teaches it to others. Um, than they are necessarily leading someone astray uh, down a terrible path. And and you mentioned the timeliness of it. Just yesterday, um, I was in, in church. Uh, I, I try to keep the doors open as much as possible. Um, and I was setting up for a baptism we have on Sunday. And a gentleman came in and specifically started talking to me about this doctrine. Um, and specifically mm-hmm. trying to figure out, well, uh, I think pretty much everyone that they just live a good life um will uh, uh be good with god um and unfortunately uh, jesus particularly one of things with john 14 but many examples the exclusiveness uh of, of 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 jesus um and uh the necessity of following him uh to be a christian and to be saved um is it's it, it, it can't be changed it's immutable right um
1: this this article it uh, references towards the end uh the the scriptures so that statement about uh, there is only one name by which we may be saved that comes from acts chapter 4 verse 12 um this was the the teaching of the apostolic church um and it had to do with both Jew and Gentile so as uh, as a Jew, a member of God's covenant people, you had to believe that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. Um, and then as a Gentile, you had to put away all your idols, all your false gods, uh, and come to the true God through Christ. That would be the way that you would come to Christ. And so that was its application in the early church. Um I think in our day, you find a lot of pressure from, you know, probably two or three different directions. (laughs) One, there's people being just uncomfortable with the idea of hell, you know, divine judgment and condemnation um, so that everyone is saved just by definition there. You know that there is not another alternative. Um, But then you also do encounter these ideas of, well, um, sure, you know, there are good people and bad people everywhere and you know those who who remain in wickedness will be judged okay granted but you'll hear people say um god will accept the worship of whatever religion they're a part of and this article anticipates that view doesn't it it says those who would say that a man is saved by the law or sect which he professeth so you you can't say well you know hey i was born a hindu and i just lived according to the teachings of of hinduism and so that's how i'll be saved um no uh, because of the truth of christ and the gospel um you must forsake any other system and come to him
0: i think that's absolutely right i mean built into the exclusiveness of what christ says um you mentioned acts of course and you know when, when i was thinking of of, of john 14 uh I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. Um, right, which of course is, is is reflected in the preaching of the apostles. Um, the it, it, essentially, if we the exclusiveness of what Jesus is saying there is connected back to the the fact that he's the only begotten Son of God, the only one to follow the law, the only one who dies for our sins and saves us. Like that exclusiveness exactly. is intimately connected into that. Uh, and so, if there is some other way by which one can Essentially, save themselves or invent a system by which they can save themselves. Um, one things that you mentioned, like, oh well, I, I think good people will go to the good place and bad people will go to the bad place. Which I, I, I run into a lot, even among uh, sometimes with professing Christians, as their general outlook and how things will go. Um, a big problem with that is, of course, you have to make your own list. Well, you know, I, of course, you'll know, say something like, oh, I guess, I guess Hitler is in hell, um, right? I, okay, yeah. they got that down, and then they sort of. There's this strange cutoff though that they're always kind to move around. And essentially it allows them to be their own judge and their own God. It right. Genesis three, all the way down.
1: Yeah. And um, as you said, this is this is tied into the person and work of Christ. Right. Um, because that was the necessary means of our salvation. To allow salvation then through any other means would would imply that his death was unnecessary it was in vain or um something else could also stand in, in the same
0: place and that's right and um that's not to say and, and i think sometimes people get confused with this that uh when someone does uh um uh, a work in a, a good work in the world that doesn't have value um the big problem here is that to to believe that it has saving value um does make the cross entirely unnecessary um right. and the incarnation um uh, and the mighty works of the trinity um to save the world um which would be foolish to 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 deny ourselves or to think unnecessary
1: right yeah and you no know, this article I think that speaking in a, in a general sense, it's not meaning to exclude um, the occasional kind of deathbed conversion scenario whereby oh. we would have no knowledge of the person coming to Christ. Uh, you know, it's not meant to go that far, um, but it is teaching the the general outlook of how especially the gospel ministers are to look at the world, how we are to preach. Um, And which kind of doctrines we are to not allow. So, you know, someone is promoting the view of a universalism. uh, We are to reject that, to combat that. Um, And as you said, uh, to say that such a view is actually accursed, you know, that kind of a teaching will lead you into spiritual uh, disaster. Um, and that can be a tricky thing for, I think a lot of modern Anglicans, because yeah. there's this idea that like universalism is the kind, the gentle, the nice outlook. Um, what's that expression you hear? Like, you know, I, I dare to hope, right. I, I dare to have this optimism. Like that's, yeah. that's the way they'll spin it. Like, even if Optimistic I'm wrong, universalist,
0: and, yeah,
1: yeah. even if I'm wrong, it's better to be wrong for this view. Um, but that's not true. That's actually a mistake because as we said, to promote that view is to undermine the work of Christ.
0: that's right. And I think it's, I think it's a view that you you mentioned modern Anglicans and it's all over the place, but I think it's a view that's peculiar to modern Western Christianity in many ways, um, particularly uh, in in the North, Um, in in the global South. It's it's a very different experience. Um, I mean, if, if, if you're, children have been kidnapped by Boko Haram um, and have been murdered. Um, there's a sense where, in course, where we're, we're called to forgive as, as, as God forgives. Um, but there's also a sense that one recognizes that, you know, vengeance is mine, so the Lord and justice will come. Um, and that's, right. that's much easier sort of in, 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 in the affluent West and where, where we aren't persecuted in such a manner um, or, or injustice isn't so rife and prevalent to be, to be a universalist. Right. It's, 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 um, it's much uh, harder. Uh, and I think actually uh, that's, this is reality. Um, I think where we are and what's happening to us is very much the aberration and won't last forever. Yeah. Um, I think it's much more universal to look at the, the sufferings of people over there and in and, and the church through history.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting here is that when you deny the severity of um errors and sins against God and, you know, the truth and the person of Christ, when you deny those things, what's interesting is you don't just stop and have no interest in being angry against evil. You, you end up elevating other sins that take the top spot. Yes. And they're almost always, you know, simply sins against humans and even sins against, you know, concepts of human uh, dignity and value Rather than the image of God, the glory of God, and so we have to be careful not to fall for these these tricks. Like, oh, the universalist view is the nicer, more kinder view. Well, actually, that it's the more human centered view, uh, and it peripheralizes the the specifics of God and Christ.
0: Absolutely, and that's 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 essentially what's what's happening here. Um, it is not kind to deny people salvation in christ it is actually right. quite cruel uh and terrible mm-hmm. um uh, is so yeah they they're, they're in a, you're in a boat and they're drowning and they're like just 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 try a little harder you can do it um as opposed to reaching yeah. your hand out and saving them
1: right or it's not really that big of a problem you'll be fine
0: <laughs> right yeah you're doing your best <laughs> like that's that's what matters um yeah
1: and so positively, then, this article teaches us the absolute necessity to evangelize, to preach the gospel, to call all men to Christ, to to, to set forth the salvation of all mankind.
0: Which is important, given that Article 17 precedes it, right? Um, so any uh-huh. any thought that the comfort of predestination and election should cause us not to be evangelistic, which, again, I think is much more of a slur, um than, than has actually ever been true in history um is pulverized by moving directly in 18s was like my goodness um i need to preach christ and christ crucified every single day everywhere i can because it's our only hope
1: that's right yep
0: absolutely well i do have a quote from the the book of homilies um which i think is helpful for this too um which Works back into the idea of our understanding of our own works um, and their value compared to the saving work of Christ. Um, it's from the uh, homily on good works, uh, which is an excellent homily, of course, and of course one of our uh, one of our formularies as as uh, appointed by the Articles of Religion. It says, "If a heathen man clothe the naked, feed the hungry, and do such other like works, yet because he doth them not in faith for the honor and love of God." they be but dead, vain and fruitless works to him. Faith it is that doth commend the work to God. For St. Augustine saith, whether thou wilt or no, that work which cometh not of faith is not. Where the faith of Christ is not the foundation, there is no good work, but building soever we make. And I think that speaks back to the way Paul talks about his works as a Pharisee, right? He talks about even his good works, his virtuous works as dung, um outside of the faith um so i i think that that is through and through the the biblical argument um for the necessity uh, the, the lack of power of our own works outside of faith and the necessity of christ as as uh, uh for our salvation
1: mm, yeah very good
0: as a final note i had and and uh this was part of my conversation yesterday um, I think this also um, draws on us to be very careful of the sort of modern propensity to talk about sort of the Abrahamic faiths as being kind of oh, equal cool. or of a, 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 a valid way of worshiping God. Um, this doesn't give room for that. Um, I think mm. this specifically says that if we don't worship Christ in sincerity and truth, um, we're, we're failing um, to worship the true God.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it would, if you don't have the Christological center, then, you know, most of that explanation we just gave about why this is so important, how this is integral to the whole system, um, it, it falls away. You know, if Christ isn't the center, then you say, "Well, how come you're only picking these three? You know, why why couldn't other religions also get in on this?" Um, So, absolutely, yeah. This article is particularly Christian uh, and evangelical.
0: Two great things. Hmm. All right. um, Anything else, then, Stephen? You want to move on to nineteen?
1: No, let's get to 19. And, you know, 19, 20, and 21, uh, the listeners will notice, they're they're all connected. They're all very similar themes, and they kind of slide right into one another.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll read 19. Uh, Article 19 of the Church. The visible Church of Christ is a congregation of faithful men, in the which the pure word of God is preached, and the sacraments be duly ministered. According to Christ's ordinance, and all those things that of necessity are requisite to the same. As the Church of Jerusalem, Alexandria, and Antioch have erred, so also the Church of Rome hath erred, not only in their living and manner of ceremonies, but also in matters of faith.
1: Yeah, so this is uh this is a classic uh Protestant presentation of the doctrine of the church. <laughs> um yeah visible church that's the key now some people i've read uh say aha they didn't have a doctrine of the invisible church well no that's wrong if you just read any of the commentators they of course had that doctrine but they're saying we're now talking about the visible church here <laughs> because that's right. the one that we're that's the one we're fighting about that's the one that we live in <laughs> um it doesn't really the invisible church is kind of by definition taken care of um so what is the visible church? Um, and it's interesting you have you have a positive and a negative. Um, uh, you, you have the 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 good things about it. it's faithful. Um, the pure word of God is preached, the sacraments are duly ministered. all of the things necessary for all of that are there. So you know that's the good stuff about the church. that's what you're looking for, the positive affirmation. Um, but then it has that negative as well saying that, all these churches out there have erred. And that's important because um, it's not like, okay, if you have any error, any lack, then you stop being a church. Um, right. You know, this would be the the criticism that the Anglicans would face from Anabaptist and other radicals. So you're, you're not a church because error here, error there. So, so they're granting that all sorts of churches uh, out there have had errors they still then can be the church, you know, as long as they do have the basics of the ingredients. Um, but then it's also that that acknowledgement that no historic visible church can claim infallibility, can claim to have some sort of superiority in just by definition, and. Um, that all other churches are judged by their standard. Uh, no, all historic churches can have error in both, um, you know, life and worship, and in the definition of the faith.
0: I think that's absolutely right. I, I think, in the negative, it's interesting. It, it's all Eastern churches which are then used as a way of talking about how the Western churches are, right? So it's it's a fascinating way of, of of presenting that. In some ways, I think it's a conversation to someone sort of. Uh, I think falsely committed to the idea that the Western Church can't possibly err it says well you already yes. believe that the Eastern Church can like you you you're right. there so uh uh it it makes sense as a logical uh, uh, uh understanding of how things work that of course the Western Church could err too and if both West and East right. can err that's everybody so you're there
2: That's
0: right, <laughs> right? yep mean um, it's, it's a pretty yep. it's actually fairly uh, fairly logical um uh, in many ways um mm-hmm. uh, and also. Yeah has the benefit of uh, uh, being the same thing as our eyes see, uh, which is always helpful um, as opposed to sort of uh, uh, just pretending. um.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, now, in the first part, the visible church uh, congregation, I was doing a little research, and um, the the more Puritan groups seized on that and said, aha, see, you know, the church is congregational, uh, so really it's only individual congregations. Uh, the answer to that is the next few articles. Right. The next right. few articles then go, go on to explain, well, none of these the uh, the churches exist in collections with one another in the span of of areas and even nations. So um, so they weren't meaning to limit the church to a congregation. They're just saying you know any given congregation that has these things can be identified as a church. Um, and you may if if readers are aware they'll notice that there's there's two marks <laughs> not not three or or nine <laughs> so uh the visible church here can be identified if it has two particular marks uh word and sacrament
0: what are your thoughts on I, I you know I love that bit about the congregations because I think you're absolutely right um, and I think that's the way the, the Bible works because when it says the word mm-hmm. church it uses it both to mean the local body and also the 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 church at large and it's interchangeable in its yep. usage. And so congregation right. would, would be that would be the same. Um, that's just the biblical pattern um, as we as as one finds. Um, I, I think I, I was the commentators on this and and going back and forth, um, you know, does this hold up sort of a threefold use uh, or sort of a threefold marks of the church? Um, sort mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, 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 for those who aren't familiar with that sort of scripture, um, the sacrament, the word preached, scripture, duly administered and then discipline. Um, yeah. And there's been, there's some will say that, you know, essentially if you have like the means by which the church exhibits discipline is through the sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if sacraments are being duly administered, then um, discipline is a part of the life of sacraments being being rightly, rightly done. So it's kind of already there. And I think that also may be, you know, when it says duly administered according to Christ's ordinance and all those things that of necessity are requisite to the same, I Think that's probably what it's getting at. Um, is, yeah. is there? Um, and then even in uh, like the homily for which Sunday, which is also fantastic, um, uh, which predates the final copy of the articles. Um, so the homily with Sunday is in the first uh, 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 book of homilies. Um, no, excuse me, it's in the second, but it's 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 around 1552 is when this one comes out. Um, and it specifically mm. says that these notes or marks whereby it is known is pure and sound doctrine, sacraments ministered according to Christ's body, Christ's holy institution, and the right use of ecclesiastical discipline. Uh, oh, so that would have been something find. that's something what people would have heard in the homily anyway. And I think that's baked in, honestly.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it is there. And so I was I was giving the teaser, too, because yeah. people will talk about this a lot. Um, but. Exactly right. the 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 Anglican perspective on discipline is that it's it sort of follows just from the nature of the case. Like you, you have to have it, right. um, and so. Um, Where it may be controversial, where it may come up as a distinctive is that um, the original kind of Reformation Anglicanism uh, denied that discipline was a specific, like positive divine law system that every little bit was there for you. Sure. sure. Um, they said, well, no, you know, there there's certain basics. And then the the church can then kind of build that through its use of uh, wisdom, understanding the situation and its power over order. Um, and I think that's also Calvin's position. If you read Calvin very closely, um, he denies that what he calls ecclesiastical polity is uh is divine law spiritual kingdom he, he rejects that um but then he'll say that you know the governance of the church is divine right. <laughs> so so you've got like two statements and you have to, to juggle here and I, I think that's the position of the articles as well and the formularies um the word and the sacrament are absolutely essential God-given and then there are things that you just have to have in order to do those right. <laughs> those two things yeah.
0: Yeah, someone has to be um, you know ordained to 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 preach the word. No one not everybody can just get to preach the word. So that assumes there's a structure to do that, right? There's got to be there. Um and, and again, um I run into people too, I'm sure you do too, um, that say, Well, do we really even need a church? Right? I just love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't really need a church. Um and, and unfortunately, um, you know, Matthew 18, you can't have Matthew 18 where Jesus says you gotta like you, the church is, like that Christians are going to figure things out together without some kind of body doing that. Like that has, there has to be people right. doing those things. Um, and then right. it's impossible to have um, uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper without some kind of organization, without doing it uh, with it within there as well. So that right. that's a thing that has to exist. And if you aren't doing those things, if you don't have, and again, the word preach is, is very much a part of that as well. If you don't have the word preach, you don't have the sacraments, you don't have, uh, 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 you know, you know, at least, you know, as a bare bones understanding of Matthew 18 discipline, that um, you're just not doing what Jesus says. And it's very hard to imagine you're a Christ follower. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. How can you um not forsake the assembly?
0: Yes. Hebrews. Yes. There
1: aren't. Yeah. There aren't other people coming together. Right. Um, my own
0: assembly. <laughs> right? yeah, that doesn't, doesn't make right. any sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So no absolutely i think that that's right um you have to have a church there's got to be some organization um and then yeah the two the two kind of central things here are yes. uh, the preaching and the sacrament um as i mentioned at the beginning um you know it uses this language of faithful and pure and duly so it's mm-hmm. giving you what what ought to be the case but then it's acknowledging that um, there could be true churches where there are error in each of those departments Um, And you don't necessarily cease being a church uh, simply because um, there's some amount of error. Now, it it could be an interesting debate. Um, Is there a point you can get to where you would have so much error that you would cease to be a church? You know, I think that's a conversation. And I think um, at least hypothetically, I think the answer to that is yes, yes. so I shouldn't say hypothetically. I should say in you know theory. In theory, yeah. it's yes, um, but the articles aren't necessarily answering that question here. They're just saying that you should have them done faithfully and duly and truly. Um, but there are churches which will will have error here,
0: and that was a big you know for the reformers like how to, dealing with the with Rome right like what's the status of Rome was it, was kind of a a, a a touchstone for for understanding that, and there are there are various interpretations of sort of rome's status um uh, uh hooker in his learned discourse on justification uh, essentially argues that uh, uh against uh, uh, uh his more radical puritan interlocutors that uh no you don't have to think that all of your family and friends are in hell forever because they were before the reformation um and that that was there was a certain type of person that was kind of controversial too, um, but I, th- I think we can we can join with him in that charitable <laughs> assumption, um, and I think that's also um, what Calvin will say too that they're all elect within within the Roman Church, of course, uh,
1: absolutely, uh,
0: um, and, and that we would never say that the Holy Spirit um, cannot there. But you know, as 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 we say here, um, that uh, there's a sense in which the hierarchy of the church is not doing anybody any favors, uh, like <laughs> it's like right. it's it's inhibiting in many ways um the the truth of the gospel um which which is you know i didn't even mention in our last article talking about there's only one way to salvation through christ um that it's become the common teaching of rome that there are multiple ways to come to christ oh um, for sure yeah And so, i mean so i mean like so we're like can churches er turn on youtube uh and uh you can find a lot of erring uh in in in, in the yeah. institutions of these places uh indeed mm-hmm. If we have time, I do have a a, a lovely uh, quote from Hooker on this. Um, speaking of ecclesiastical polity, uh, from his from his third book, um, which goes into into this. Um, do we? I think we've got a little bit of time, don't we? Sure. Yeah. So he forward. writes, uh, "In the Church of Christ, we, uh, before the Reformation, we were in, and we are still so. Other differences between our state before and now, we know none, but only such as we see in Judah, which, having some time been idolatrous." became afterwards more soundly religious by renouncing idolatry and superstition. The indisposition of the Church of Rome to reform herself must be no stay unto us for performing our duty to God, even as desire of retaining conformity with them could be no excuse if we did not perform our duty. Notwithstanding, so far as lawfully we may, we have held and do hold fellowship with them. For even as the Apostle does say of Israel that they are in one respect enemies, but at another beloved of God, quoting from Romans eleven twenty-eight, in and like sort with Rome, we dare not communicate touching her grievous abominations, yet touching those main parts of Christian truth where when they constantly still persist, we gladly acknowledge them to be the family of Jesus Christ. Uh, mm. And Esauker is bent, is bent to be, that's that's very judicious uh, and careful, but also serious in terms of the errors he's speaking. And I love the right. part of looking back to, to, to faithful Judah um, yep. And and seeing that as the example for reformation um, within the Bible itself, um, and right. that being what the reformers were engaged in in the Incan way, I, I love that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. The kings Hezekiah and Josiah yes. become favorite characters for uh, the English Re- reformation. Absolutely.
0: Yes, Edward the Sixth, the boy king. Yes, you can't beat it. That's
1: yep. <laughs> the new Josiah. Yeah. All right. Well, we can do okay. twenty, and um, and that'll lead us also into twenty-one too. Yeah,
0: I think that's right. Would you like me to read them both when you hit them both, or why yeah, let's, let's, let's,
1: let's handle them both. them
0: both together. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Article twenty of the authority of the church: the church hath power to decree rites or ceremonies and authority in controversies of faith, and that it is not lawful for the church to ordain anything that is contrary to God's word written. Neither may it so expound one place of Scripture that it be repugnant to another. Wherefore, although the Church be a witness and keeper of holy writ, yet as it ought not to decree anything against the same, so besides the same ought it not to enforce anything to be believed for necessity of salvation. And Article 21 of the Authority of General Councils. General councils may not be gathered together without the commandment and will of princes, and when they be gathered together, forasmuch as they be an assembly of men, whereof all be not governed with the spirit and word of God, they may err, and sometimes have err, even in things pertaining unto God, whereof all things ordained by them as necessary to salvation have neither strength nor authority, unless it may be declared that they be taken out of holy scripture
1: yeah thank you so you can see both of these um both of these articles have to do with you know the church weighing in on controversy yes uh and and they both have to do with both uh rites and ceremonies and also theology doctrine uh so the church can weigh in on both of those things um and the church has a certain measure of true authority um yes. So, so it wouldn't be correct, technically speaking, to say that you know the Reformation position is that the Scriptures are the only authority.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: You hear people say that, and they're well-meaning, but it, it's a it's yes. a it's a subtle mistake. Um, the Scriptures are the only ultimate authority. Um, they're, they're the only you know necessary for salvation, um, but they're not the only authority. You know, yeah, in, that would be
0: sort of different Latin words, the difference between sola scriptura and solo scriptura, um, mm-hmm. different things. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right.
1: And so the church has authority. It can decree rites and ceremonies. So this is going to get to your Anglican Puritan split. Um, the more strict Puritan would say, no, uh, the church cannot decree ceremonies. Uh, you know, Only the scriptures do that. Um Uh, Listeners might be interested to know, though, that um, the the Heidelberg Catechism says the church can decree certain ceremonies. (laughs) Uh, So does the Second Helvetic. Um, So at the time of this article, this was not unique to England. No. Um, It was thought to be the common position of the Protestant churches. (laughs) Um, But the difference is that the church can't decree a ceremony um, and say that it's necessary to salvation. So that's what the bottom of the article says. Um, and if you're paying careful attention, it'll say it ought not to decree anything against the scriptures, nor beside them as if it's necessary. Right. So of course you can't do anything against the scriptures. That's that's kind of obvious by definition, but you can't just dis- you can't prescribe something that is beside, meaning additional or outside the scripture as if it's necessary for salvation. So that's that's the safeguard. Uh, the church can decree rites and ceremonies, but for reasons of order, right? For reasons of charity and piety and harmony to help get people working together on the same page, doing something well um, and in in the fitting and uh, decorous manner, but but not as an essential component to be saved
0: absolutely and you know it's worth thinking through like what were the actual controversies around some of this stuff um, and uh, uh, Hooker lists them quite well in, in book five of his ecclesiastical polity some of the things that they were working against um, I mean people who were, were ready to go to absolute war over for instance wearing a surplus um, people who were ready to, to fight over <laughs> sermons at funerals um yep. people ready to fight over reading the bible in church um, you should read the bible at home and then come ready just to hear sermons um those mm-hmm. kinds of things now which it's interesting you still have remnants of this like for instance uh, the modern notion that uh, uh, written prayers somehow don't count um is uh, uh, is is in the same family as all this but it's interesting things that were were jettisoned and some that were retained um, those ones I just mentioned, sermons and funerals and reading the Bible in church, um, have generally gone away, you know, d- difficult to find people who would object to those two things. Um, but they were very much a part of this. And and the church, uh, Anglican Way, and, and really, quite frankly, all churches do this, said um, we have to have a order for the way in which we will do our services. Um, and uh, 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 in fact, they Establish that order um, in order to follow uh, Paul's command of, of maintaining decency and order in worship. Um, a, a point mm-hmm. Hooker makes against Cartwright um, in this, you know, you know, Cartwright will, for instance, talk about, um, for example, that of course the Bible talks about where you should put the pulpit in your church, because and yeah, and and Hooker goes, well, no, it, it doesn't actually, and you're actually doing damage to the Scriptures when you misuse it in this way. Like it's not yeah. honorable when you use scripture outside of its purpose. Uh,
1: I remember when which, I first encountered that it was, it was breathtaking. Yeah. Cartwright, he uses a verse where it says, you know, Peter was in the midst
0: yes. of them. Yes, <laughs> And of course that means. Yeah. It's yeah. gotta be no, a center pulpit,
1: wild. not not a side pulpit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta be right in the middle. Like, uh, I don't think that's what it's saying. Yep. And no, of course it's not. Um, that, That's a bit right. But again, if you, if, if, if you, if you're, if you're, if you, Deny the capability of the of the church uh, to faithfully be able to to govern its own services. Um, you get in all sorts of very strange places, um, and ultimately, too, you just run into well. Then you just do what Cartwright says, right? You no, still have an authority. Right. It's just it's just this guy, um, and that's, that's very right. much the case in in terms of people I run into, like the kind of people who really bristle at the authority of the church to tell them like what to pray in a service. Um, will believe whatever some internet person tells them to believe just fine. <laughs> um, they've just that's, assumed that person is their authority. Right. Um, totally fine. And they'll follow whatever yeah. they say. Um, so you're going to have an authority. The, the question is, right. is is it one uh, of a empirical value, um, but also one um, that you actually have real buy-in into that that's really organic and true uh, and, and an extension of Christ's scriptural church? Right.
1: And the objections to pre-written prayers or uh, formal written liturgies, um, that's very common today. I imagine many, many listeners will at least have some question mark in their mind about that. But it actually would lead you right into also uh, the question of can you sing hymns?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, and most people don't take it that far. They say, "Well, we like hymns. Hymns are great." But it would actually, because a hymn is a, it's a corporate expression of praise by the people to God in the service. And you know, who wrote that hymn? Right? Well, is every single word of that hymn uh, simply from the scriptures? Most likely not. <laughs> so no. um yeah you would have to take it all the way to like an exclusive psalmody position um and even there you'd run into trouble over translation right who, sure. who gets to make the translation call can you set it to meter because then that's gonna change things um yeah it Jesus runs imp- into just an impractical imp- places
0: no meter um uh, when the apostles were together right yeah it gets it gets to, it does get impossible um, and uh, unedifying in many 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 ways
1: Right. And also, if there's no pre-written prayers ever, you better have a ton of trust in the guy praying, you know, that every single word he says is going to be good. You're on board with it. Uh, No surprises. (laughs) Um, And that's going to limit who you think has the capability to do that.
0: You've essentially transferred your authority from uh, uh, one that's accountable to you in any real way. Um, which is the the way the system of 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 government within Anglican an Church has a, accountability, um, and also a covenant between its members in in the text that you have, you've you've transferred mm-hmm. that to the, the to the authority and charisma of a man. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. And and isn't it interesting? You use the word covenant, and that got me thinking. Um, you get rid of the agreed upon covenant in the text and the forms of the liturgy and the confession, and so what have evangelical churches come up with? Membership covenants for the yes. congregation. Yes. So, hey, you're gonna come. You're gonna join us. You better sign this form. And some of them can really be legalistic. You know, we will yes. not question the leader. We will not do no. this or that. And well, what happened to all this freedom? <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Yes. Um
1: So a, pre- a pre-written liturgy and kind of old stuff that you know is not going to go anywhere. That right. can actually allow you to relax.
0: <laughs> absolutely and focus on on spreading the gospel right uh yes very important okay i think we'll call it there for the day it has been a wonderful discussion Stephen. thank you so much to uh tweet at us uh i guess we're still calling it that or us. i'm not sure to tweet at us i, I can be found at god remembrance sir and Stephen can be found at wedge tweets um we'll pick up God willing, soon with more of the articles, we appreciate your time. Uh, God bless you. Uh, Keep praying uh, and love the Lord.